animals out there? Are you ready? Well, you better buckle up because it's time for the show, ladies and gentlemen. Straight out of your sister's bedroom. It's your girlfriend's favorite podcast. Without further ado, it's the Wing Scoops Podcast with your host, Wade Needham. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Ring Scoops podcast right here on ringscoops.com. The webmaster Wade here with you each and every time. And the latest guests here on the Ring Scoops podcast are really good friends of mine and to the Ring Scoops brand as well. I've appeared as a guest on their podcast a handful of times over this past year. And for the first time together, they're here on Ring Scoops. Ladies and gentlemen, the hosts of one of my favorite podcasts, the creative team, I give to you Ron Kilborn and Cole Dawson. How are you guys doing? Great. I'm fantastic tonight. I didn't have to do an introduction, so that's good. Yes, and I'm also doing well. And I got to say, Wade, you know, know, since you are such a big fan of our podcast, did you you listen to the last episode? I have not listened to the last episode uh, yet. Great. Then you're on par with everyone else in the world. So, uh, <laughs> okay. We, we accidentally gave you like the best like ring scoops commercial ever. And I don't know why you haven't capitalized on it. And I don't know why we didn't bring it up in person with you, but Brock Lesnar lifting up the ring, the tractor, <laughs> and then just boom, ringscoops.com. <laughs> uh, wow yeah that's uh that's interesting it's so damn literal <laughs> yeah he scooped it up didn't he sure did he, did. <laughs> did he just give you an i could see that <laughs> yeah yeah i should i should illustrate that you really should brock did <laughs> brock did a lot of stuff he's like he's like Bo. you know Bo knows brock knows he sure does. We're off to a great start. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Hey, that's that's the beauty of this thing, man. But um it is a new year. It is 2023. Um I would like to ask both of you guys, uh how was your 2022? Who? Well, personally or in the world of wrestling? Because my goodness, I had a better year than the world of wrestling because <laughs> there was a lot of highs and a lot of lows and some of the lows were quite literally changed the business. But as far as personally, I've had a fantastic year. So many adventures, uh, so many podcasts. Uh, We have uh, done our job to release a podcast every single Wednesday this year, uh, as well as last year. And, and we're, we are intending to do so in 2023 as well. Uh, I'm looking to stay busy in 2023 and 2022 was no, was no easy task. That's for sure. Uh, Cole, how was your 2022? Uh, you know, it, it's it's been interesting. Uh, as most of you know, my sister Candice LeRae and uh, her husband Johnny Gargano made their Monday Night Raw debuts. So, you know, as far as the wrestling business goes, uh, it was a good year for the family. Uh, as far as life goes, it was an interesting year. We're, we're kind of like 
uh, riding this wave at work where we've been things have been really really good and then the last couple of months we finally like leveled off to like i still work every day but like i'm not working from six in the morning till 10 o'clock at night anymore so that's delicious and uh you know i'm i've got money in the bank for the first time in a long time even with all the misadventures I had this year with cars breaking down repeatedly and spending thousands of dollars on car repairs. Um, other than that, I mean, the year has been good. Uh, added some family members, cousins having babies. It's been uh, 2022 was certainly an adventure, um, but nothing like 2020. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad for that. This was like a settled down back to reality, normal life year. So pretty good. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. 2022 definitely felt like um like like a the rebuilding in society and and getting back to normal is, is like it's it's it feels back to normal pretty much. Hopefully 2023 uh you know continues on that. We don't have a relapse. Um what do you guys want out of 2023? Uh Cole, I'll let you start first. Well, it'd be not nice. one of the things that has happened for us in 2022 is uh we you know our numbers are continuously climbing as far as the podcast goes um which is nice they're not climbing as fast as we'd like you know obviously you know well, at this rate in 10 years we'll be an overnight success and then uh but this year on the social media we've had some hits with some of our our posts ron is uh, especially after uh his trips to the garage is incredibly creative and has come up with some wonderful videos and content we post on the creative team pod uh, Instagram account in our reels are doing really well. And we're bordering on this, like this precipice of being popular, which is, which is just weird uh, for me. So I'm hoping that we have continued growth. Um, but really, I just want to put out 52 more podcasts and uh, sit around with guys like you and in, in Ron and just laugh for an hour, hour and a half every week. And, just keep enjoying this podcast adventure. And likewise, like you know, I just want to, you know, I'm not a big sports fan at all. So I just want to keep my wrestling fandom alive and really podcasting and listening to podcasts is really the majority of how I keep up with wrestling. You know, if, if anybody out there in the podcast world recommends something that I have to turn on my television for, because let's face it, most of my life is work and I'm staring at a screen and I can't stare at two screens at once. I have tried to install two more eyes to do so. Doesn't work. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if something like catches my ear, then I put it in front of my eyes. But I just want to grow the podcast. I want to grow our guest roster. I want to reach out to wrestlers that want to populate themselves in the world of wrestling as well as have more of a roster on our on our podcast and bring the fandom out of them because Cole, I'm sure you've known this and you are uh, a victim of this too, but even being in the wrestling business for as long as we have and then outside of it, you know, being in it kind of soils our fandom a bit just because we're critiquing everything and that kind of sucks. So bringing that out of our guest is the essence of why our show is so much fun. And, you know, even the, let's say the more cynical of wrestling fans who are now treating it as a job will even break out of their shell and become a fan again once they're talking to us. And I want to kind of bring that to other people as well. Bring out the fandom that they once knew. You know, to piggyback on what you said there about, you know, 
with how long you guys have been in the business and and it's changed uh, your views as, as a fan and whatnot. That is absolutely true in 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 so many different ways, even outside of the business too. Because when I was doing my undergrad, I took a um uh, a couple of classes like intro to film and whatnot. And I remember that one of the professors said, once you're finished with this class, you're never going to watch a movie the same ever again. And he was correct. Because after that, every time I'd go into a a theater and I'd watch a brand new movie, I would be figuring out what the 10 beats are going to be. Where are we um, with act one, two, and three? I would, and I would get it down to a pact after like a year or so of practicing that. And I can never watch a movie the same ever again. And it's just like, like you said, getting in the business, it changes it because I know like for me, seeing how the sausage is made or the hot dog is made, it's, it's way different now. And, and it's never been the same watching wrestling on TV in the last 13 years. Yeah. And it's and let's see, we started in 2002. So yeah, it's been 20 years now um, since we kind of started our wrestling journey and uh, we started together, which is, which is awesome. It's nice to have a 20 year friend, like, a genuine human that you love and care about uh, for 20 years. It doesn't happen all that often in the world. So, um, but it, it just, it, we really went hard when we started in the business on watching matches, breaking them down, critiquing them, trying to figure out why stuff was so good, not just that it was cool, um, but why it worked in, in, in trying to better ourselves so we could tell a story in the ring and not just go out there and do a bunch of stuff. And so when you watch, you know, matches, any kind of match, you're just, you're always looking, Oh, maybe they should have done that there. And so it's very rare now where I get to watch a match and I just get to enjoy it. Um, but there's a handful of guys like Walter uh, Gunther uh, or uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, or Brian Danielson, where I can just watch wrestling and enjoy it and be a fan because there's nothing to critique on those guys. So Oh, absolutely. Except for maybe the booking. Yeah, but that's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, if you strip it down to just bell to bell and don't and come in blind and don't even look at the history, the yeah, those guys make per- picture perfect matches that I will never stop watching. Um I wanted to ask you guys this uh since we're on the topic of, you know, like you guys being in the business two decades now. That's a long time, man. I give you guys the utmost respect on everything that you guys have done. Um, I always had a pleasure calling your guys' tag team matches at EWF as well. Uh, the, the couple of times that I, I got to do that, it's been a while since you, you guys probably have been in called the ring. you probably called them all. Yeah, it didn't take long for uh, uh, Jake to uh, realize that one, we were better than him; two, we knew more than him; and three, we weren't going to play EWF's bullshit games. And so we were done with EWF pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I, I I understand that completely. Exactly what you guys are are talking about there. Um, I myself played that game as well, and you know, yeah, same outcome. Um, but it's been a while since we've seen you guys in the ring. Will we ever see you guys in the ring again? Well, Ronald is is more so a I'm done guy than me. Um, but I would still say it's probably more likely to see Ron in a ring than me because people actually want to see him have a match again. Like nobody's texting me or calling me or asking me to have a match ever again. Um, but it's, 
I don't know, every three or four years after I've been in a ring, I start getting that itch and then it's just, you know, I'll see something that's great on TV or I'll see something like Luchasaurus on AEW and be like, fuck, why did I ever stop wrestling? Because I could be <laughs> making lots of money right now. So <laughs> Ronald and and for me, you know, it's, it's flattering that you say that, Cole. I, yeah, yes, I do get text messages here and there, and it's flattering. But, like, you know, unlike Cole, I got the closure I wanted out of wrestling. You know, yes, I was a smaller version, not nearly in shape, but I was definitely smaller and can do a little more. So I got that out of my system. And uh, I just, you know, I have those moments, like Cole mentioned, where, like, the itch gets there. But then I start thinking about other shit, like... If I do it again, I'm going to pursue it really hard. And I don't want to find out that the one thing I love is my job that I tolerate, one. And two, I don't want to find out that I'm the guy that misses his family and wants to quit because of it. So I'm just, I so love the fact that I got to spend so much time in the business and I've gone back to being just a fan. Uh, and I've seen so many people be in the business and get jaded and not be a fan. And I just want to hold on to that forever. Um, and yeah, that's basically my reasoning. I, I had the closure I, I got out of it. I, I would say if one of us, like in the next five years, maybe wins a billion dollar lottery, then it's probably a thousand percent. One of both of us will be back in a wrestling ring. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if we don't have to worry about making money. <laughs> True. Yeah. yeah. If I was paid, to, yeah. If I was paid to just work out, I would be such an action figure in six yeah. months. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a great way to uh, look at it. Um. All right. Well, how about this then? Instead of um, say, being involved in wrestling in the ring, what about something out of the ring? Would you guys ever pursue maybe opening up a promotion or opening up a wrestling school? Oh, we talked about that at nauseum, but you know, at, for the moment you're looking at it, pal, you know, this podcast is something that we really enjoy doing and we get to, you know, basically, you know, we're always talking about what could have been better uh, with wrestling. And I was like, well, this could be a podcast. And like, it became one of the ideas and it, it became one of like the mainstays is, you know, let's rebook random shit that people often talk about. And we didn't get there, you know, at the start. We took just, you know, random top tens and just talked about wrestling. And uh, and from there, it just kind of grew into just rebooking random ideas. Good or bad, you know, next week we got the new episode of Take It Up With Creative coming out. And we're going to be discussing The Goon. Uh, mm. And, <laughs> you know, we, we often like to rebook people who didn't get a fair shake. But, you know, much like The Gobbledygooker, which is an episode you can view in our archives, uh, we're going to take a, an idea that was already not so great and see if we can do something with it. You know, go in reverse, put our money where our mouth is. And it could spark the most funniest conversations. And uh, yeah, I, it topics like that is what keeps me going on the podcast. And it makes me excited about wrestling. And really, that is the project that I focus on as when it comes to your question about being in the business outside of the ring. Yeah. And for me, like, you know, I, it's not anything I would pursue necessarily, but like, you know, if, if by some happenstance, like, let's just say, for instance, Tony Khan stumbled upon our podcast and heard us just bullshitting and thought it was hilarious, but realized that there also are some brilliant ideas amongst the silliness. 
uh, and he called us and wanted us to write his show for him and wanted to pay us, you know, half a million dollars a year, I'd absolutely <laughs> have to consider it, you know? Like, my main reason, honestly, in all of this is that I'm not pursuing wrestling in any way, shape, or form is that I've, I, I have to be committed to the family business between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. every night. Like, I don't always work the 12 hours, um, but, like, I have to be there for that. And I can't be injured because there's no one else that can do my job, really. So it's like, I can't get hurt, and I can't give, I can't commit the time to something else where I'd have to commit hours of my week to writing or thinking about stuff or training or any of that stuff. I mean, you know, obviously, if I wanted to train, I could find the time. But um, if I could take away that, like, necessity to work and make money and pay bills, then, yeah, I'd pursue wrestling. But uh, I had a family pretty early on in life. I had two kids by the time I was 23 and a wife. So uh, wrestling took a back seat to the family business. And the way things are right now, I'm number two in the company. So, you know, I got to be there every day. I can't uh, just, you know, chase my dreams and say, screw everyone else's paycheck. <laughs> I respect that a lot, man. I really do. You know, that's a, that's a very, that's a very uh, responsible thing. <clears throat> I give you all the respect in the world for that. All the respect. Um, so, all right, let's talk about the podcast here. You guys talked about how you guys came up with it. Um, for those that are listening that have not heard the podcast, don't know what the podcast is about, kind of shape the mold of what your guys' podcast is for those that are listening for the first time. Well, well I, I'll go ahead, Ron. No, you go ahead. Wait, well, for me, um, I had done an, uh, a couple podcasts before this one. I did a, a sports podcast. Um, with my cousin and then another one of our one of my friends that we've met through the wrestling business had a podcast at a radio you know it was like a full-on radio station it was set up and we did you know kind of the typical you know podcast that you hear out there like busted open radio along those lines where everyone has a podcast they're talking about what's going on but we would mix in top 10 lists and things like that and do some interviews here and there but I always had this idea that we should do a pod that I wanted to do a podcast where we were doing like fan conversations, like because from the time I w what Ron, we were in high school and we'd all get together at my house, watch the pay-per-views and we train and do all this. And we would just have these ridiculous conversations about, Oh, what if this happened? What if that happened? Oh yeah. You know, and then the debates, like who's the best ever and stuff like that. And I said, we should do a fan fantasy podcast kind of thing where we do we have we do fantasy football drafts you know stuff like that we'll do a fantasy wrestling draft draft wrestlers and then put a card together and just kind of the conversations that as wrestling fans we would have watching an event or just hanging out talking about the business and then you know but we also have the perspective of having trained to be professional wrestlers done you know taking bookings you know done the drives done the stuff um, and, and so I thought it added a little bit to it that we had a little bit of credibility, albeit neither of us are like huge names where anyone would know who we were. But it's a fan conversation with, uh, you know, a little bit of wrestling, professional wrestler perspective. Um, but then it's also just fun. And I think that shows through the podcast and Ron was up for it. So we, just, you know, we hit the ground running. Yeah, same for me, like uh 
when I joined, uh, we joined uh, amongst a, a mutual friend, and you know, it was like it was like Cole mentioned, it was just your average wrestling podcast, you know, and, and not bad or good. It's just, you know, it's just the same format you see in most podcasts. Uh, but you know, we had the like-minded idea of just, you know, why don't we just base ourselves in nostalgia? And if something is good enough in current times, we'll discuss it. But, you know, I wanted to really solidify themes to episodes and not just wing it. I, you know, I, I want to have conversations before the episodes are recorded. So we know what we're good, what we're getting into. And I really wanted to make this, you know, good for a commuter uh, onto work. You know, I was thinking of stuff that not normally, you know, is thought of at the, at the start of building a podcast, like I, you know, editing gimmicks, uh, uh, graphics and then now we're dipping our toe into the reels and social media stuff it's a process and you know you don't really you don't really appreciate how material is released out there until you do it and you know we both look up to you know the conrad thompson's of the world and he's got you know a dozen of these and we we find it hard to keep our head above water to do one uh so right but we still get it done because at the end of the day, no matter how busy our lives are, and boy, boy, there's a lot of adventures getting the shit in the can, but it hasn't failed once. And that only speaks to just how much we love doing this. And uh, if you ain't, if you don't love it, it's not going to be good. And if it's not going to be good, it's not going to get released on time, and it's just going to fall by the wayside. And that's pretty much why I love doing it. It's a reason... It's another reason for me to talk about wrestling, which is not, never a bad thing for me. Oh. And, and as you can tell by Ron's response, like I have ideas and then he makes everything work. Like he is the workhorse of the podcast, <laughs> bar none, no doubt. He's the one who provides the structure and everything. And, and so it, like, uh, you know, my my weaknesses are his strengths and vice versa. You know, like we we're we're, we're a really good team together where you know like like we pick up the slack for each other yes neither you know? of us yeah. can do this alone yeah well you guys are lifelong friends i mean that that's a big part of it right oh well, i yeah. hope so well yeah <laughs> that's the i mean that's literally the theme like you know we've yeah. had we've had literal there's conversations that he and i have had that were fun and heated that haven't made air yes before podcasts were were weren't even an idea yeah. I like I wish I can go back in time and record some of the horse shit <laughs> I've heard him say in front of my face. And uh, and I'm sure he's got a plethora of ideas that I've spewed out that he would love to document and remind the world that took place. Yes. Uh, but, you know, and I'm glad that we capitalized on this idea now and it's starting to have a little bit of uh, you know, a little bit of traction. I, I love what you guys do, um, and I it, the the opportunities that I have to be a guest on your guys' show is always fun, uh, especially uh, a, a while back um, when we got on the whole thing about Doink the Clown. <laughs> one of the most classic conversations ever, one of my favorite memories overall in 2022 was, was that whole thing with Doink and Paul Bearer and... <laughs> all that craziness going on. And for those that are listening, want to know what's going on. You guys have to download and listen to that episode. And look at the effect that our, that episode has had on you. You're speaking of it as if it took place. <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? Yeah. You're, you're actually speaking as if this storyline actually took place. Like, yeah, that was crazy times when Doink, Doink the Clown and Paul Bear 
went at it. Oh, yeah, this nah. is all, I was talking all more fair. like crazy times in the discussion about it, but <laughs> no, I know, no, I know. That's why I'm just saying I'm, pu- I'm putting I'm putting our material over. It's gonna make you think that this this thing actually took place. You got to listen to our big show episode. You got to listen to Owen Hart after Montreal. There's a lot of great things that you guys would love to listen to. If you're a fan of this podcast and you love turning back the clock and talking about old school wrestling, my goodness, give us a listen. You'll be glad you did. It's better than shares if you could turn back time, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Ron, something that you mentioned a little while ago that I would like to um, kind of piggyback on. um, You talked about like the process of doing like the podcast and whatnot and how you guys are getting into like doing the graphics, the promotional stuff, the social media and all that. A lot of people think that doing a podcast is as simple as, oh, you hook a mic up and you talk into it. And at its core, yes, but there are a lot of things that go into it. There's time management, there's marketing, there's knowing your audience, there's, you know, you, it's like business. You have to have a marketing mix, the four P's. You have to have your product, your price, your placement, and your promotion. You have to have all that into it. And I remember when I was uh, attending a uh, symposium during my undergrad at Cal State, somebody had asked one of the alumni they said, I run a, a blog and a YouTube channel. Can I put that on my resume for marketing? And the per, the person speaking said, absolutely. What do, you, what do you think you're doing? You're doing everything that a promotions department and a company would be doing, but you're doing it all by yourself. It's no different. And it's so much easier to do it nowadays than, say, 20 years ago. But still, there's a lot of stuff that goes into doing a, a podcast or a blog or a, a YouTube channel, and all that kind of stuff. I give you guys a lot of credit in the world for getting your product out there because one is a phenomenal product. Second, it's very unique. And third, in, in today's market, it is flooded with podcasts, especially wrestling ones. And you guys are sticking out. I, well, I hope so. You know, that's, that's the goal. And you know, it, you know, Whenever you hear about another podcast, another wrestling podcast, it's always eye roll. Oh, another wrestling podcast. But, you know, we don't have the worldwide fame to bring you stories, uh, but we definitely have a encyclopedia mind of wrestling that we've watched and know about where we could provide great content based on themes that we come up with. And I think as long as you commit to that type of creativity and you get good at the social social media aspect, you know, yes, like you said, anybody can just plug in and talk. But if a tree falls in the woods, you know, <laughs> who's going to hear it? So it's just you got to you got to have something that if I think it's funny, I'm going to make a video out of it and post it. Because if I don't think it's funny and I'm just trying to serve an audience that I'm just trying to throw shit at the wall and see what's see what sticks. I think that's where people kind of like lose sight and kind of fail. But if like there's something that me and Cole like are in tears laughing at as as mid thirty year olds, then yes, someone's gonna grab onto this too, and that's where that's where we kind of double down on the content that we post on the social medias to drive to our podcast. And you know, the most successful podcasts have been around for like years and years before they really gained any traction. And as long as the numbers are going up, even it's just by the the pubic hair. Yes. Yes. I, I, the, I'm Single digits every week. Yes, I'm calling that a win. I don't need to make a million dollars off of this just yet because you know I'm I'm fortunate enough to be a middle class guy that can afford what it could afford his means and have the time to do this podcast, and that is making it to me. 
And I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you on that. I wish I would have had that mindset, uh, 23 years ago when I started my podcast, because for the very longest time, I always treated it seriously. Like, you know, like, Oh, this is a business. This is my, my nine to five. And it never worked. I dropped so much money into it, but in the last, like say two or three years, I've taken a different approach to it. I've pretty much cut all of my finances on it, except for paying for the dot com every year, which is 14 to 18 bucks a year. And it's a lot easier to come up with that much money, you know, with ads and stuff like that, than say a couple hundred bucks a month. And if you have no overhead, it's easier. And when people are first starting out with this, the biggest mistake they make is like I did is they treat it like a business. You got to treat it like a hobby first, have fun with it at first, and then evolve from there. Yep. If you set your expectations too high and you don't meet them, you feel like a failure. And then that kind of makes everything unfun and you don't want that. You want to make sure you're having fun first and it'll shine through. And that's what will get you guests. I mean, listeners and numbers. Yeah. The, the, the feeling of the host is what shines through. And I, and that's what, and I know that because that's what grabs me when I listen to podcasts. If the, if the people talking don't sound like they're having a good time and it's all serious, then I'm, I'm kind of out for me. So I kind of want to, you know, take that attitude and have that shine through our podcast. Yeah, and I, and I think that's something we've talked about a lot uh, amongst ourselves, what our expectations are. And we really have no expectations whatsoever other than just we want to do this and it's fun. Like, you know, it, you some people, the, the people joke that, you know, women go to therapy and guys start a podcast. But uh, that, that's, you know, this, this is our little escape for 90 minutes a week where I get to just sit down with my friend and we get to talk about the thing we love that we're passionate about the reason we're friends to begin with. And, and just if, if people listen to it, great. And if a lot of people start listening to it and someone wants to give us money, icing on the cake. But if, you know, for if 10 years from now, we're still doing a podcast with dozens and dozens of listeners, then so be it because this is just fun for us. So. And you never, you honestly never know who you reach. It, there could be somebody uh, on the other side of the world that's listening and you put a smile on their face and it gives them a reason to live. And you may not even know that. And that's a beautiful thing right there. Yes. If, if somehow Paul bear getting cream pied saves someone from jumping <laughs> off a building, <laughs> you know, then put that on a bump, put that on my bumper sticker because I will gladly, t- I'll retire. You know, I saved somebody's life because of a, fic- of a fictitious cream pieing to a mortician. Absolutely. And stranger things have happened. <laughs> All right. I, I got an interesting question for both of you guys here. Um, what is on the top of each of your, um, I guess we'll call it a, I'll fight your, you know, until I die list of wrestling takes to get you guys fired up. Like what's, <laughs> is, what's like one, one thing that pisses much, you off? How much time do you get? Are you we talking about? A, are you talking about each other? Like, are like what we what we think of each other's opinion, or what? No, uh, no, or, like, or a hot take we we have personally. Well, all right. Let's say you're scrolling through Twitter and you see somebody. I, I don't know. Let's say you're like the biggest Bret Hart fan in the world. And somebody says Bret Hart. Yes, sucks accurate. A dick. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's yeah, it. You kind, yeah, you you kind of blew my spot because any <laughs> any comment that suggests that Bret was uh was nothing but a crybaby and took himself too seriously uh kind of just makes me uh wince and just like <laughs> scroll past that debauchery 
because, you know, clearly they don't know what the fuck they're talking about because a lot of people complain about how wrestlers don't take it seriously. Well, who took it more seriously than Bret Hart? You're shooting yourself in the foot with your argument. He took yeah. it too seriously. I wish wrestlers took wrestling seriously. Well, motherfucker, like there was no more there was no one more sports based in wrestling than fucking Bret Hart. And uh I much like Cole will fight tooth and nail over the opinion of Bret Hart because I think he's one of the best to ever do it bell to bell. Yeah, we and we agree on that point. We will we've often fought guests on the show <laughs> over <laughs> over the greatness that is Bret Hart. Um, but they're all right now. One of our, uh, uh, one of our videos our reels on uh, Instagram that's doing <laughs> incredibly well at the moment. Um, my phone has become very annoying, but it, in a good way um, where Ronald, uh, his number one guy who got him hooked on the business was the undertaker. And uh, it, so much so that he's got a, just a phenomenal, phenomenal tattoo uh going uh, where it's portraits of the undertaker on his legs and it, it's absolutely incredible but one of our guests tried to shit on the undertaker basically and say <laughs> oh he just did the same old shit for 30 years you know raise the lights lower the lights tombstone blah, roll your eyes back and ronald uh ripped into him with a rant that is of just an all-time great rant and uh <laughs> it's it's a great video definitely go check out check it out on our uh instagram the creative team and uh yeah for me it's bret hart for sure um to the point where if i see you write that bret hart was boring or he's not very good or he was terrible or the shits or whatever i instantly lose all respect for your your opinion on professional wrestling in any any light I realized instantly you have no idea what the business is or what it's supposed to be. And you no longer matter to me in this world <laughs> at all. If you just say Bret Hart sucks, like you just, you don't make sense. Like you don't see, get it. <laughs> see, see now. And I've seen it. I've seen Cole crucify people over their opinions of Bret Hart. And it's, and it's so delicious because I share them, but I also am able to step back and go, okay, Wrestling is a, is a genre-based product, and people have opinions. You know, not everyone likes The Godfather. But, right. th but this, this, this is one instance where, like, it's personal. It, and, it, and it really just speaks to how much we love Bret Hart. If you even have any argument to the contrary of he's the greatest of all time, we don't agree with you, and you're a piece of shit. <laughs> that's yeah. that's that's just that may be our problem more than theirs but we view it as their problem and that's really just how awesome wrestling is and what emotions it could pull out of you because i don't get passionate about anything this much <laughs> other than fake fighting and that's really weird <laughs> and and you know if your opinion is something along the lines of oh you know brett wasn't really that exciting to me like i didn't you know i didn't think he was a great promo but still, uh, you know he incorrect. was a, yeah he was a good wrestler then i'll be like i'll give you a little bit of leeway but if you're like brett was boring and he sucked like you just don't matter to me anymore like at all <laughs> and for the record not exciting and not a good promo two incredibly incorrect things uh, yes yes but you know at least i, I can see it <laughs> i can see i can see that in comparisons for sure <laughs> But yeah, I think, you know, as far as like global opinions, that would probably stir some shit up. But yeah, between ourselves, though, that's the money because. <laughs> oh, oh, 
I'm not even going to like throw it all out there. I'm just going to say, listen to our show. This yes. is a, this whole episode is a big commercial for our show anyway. Yeah. Thank you for that way. Thank you um, for that way. Hey, of course, man. Anytime. I, I, I can't say it enough. I, I love your guys' show. I've been looking forward to having you guys on so we can just, just talk about wrestling, just a free for all of wrestling. And this is just absolutely fun here. Um, I didn't know, like, I would hit it right on the mark by mentioning Bret Hart as an example, but hey, there we go. Kind of, kind of makes me wonder how this episode would have gone if I would have also had Chris Cadillac on with you guys. But oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, no. don't worry, we shit on him on our podcast too <laughs> when he tried to say stupid shit about Bret Hart. Yes, <laughs> it's yeah. all good. I uh, love you, Caddy. Love you. Um, if you're listening, we got to play Among Us again with RJ sometime, bro. Um, have you guys played Among Us? Do you you guys play games or anything? I mean, I play games, but that's not one I do because my kids are so annoying about it that I just, <laughs> I hate it. The same thing with, so I coached baseball for 10 years and I did little league for five years. The first five years I did high school. Then my daughter wanted to play baseball. So I made the jump to little league. And uh, when, uh, oh, what's this stupid game that everyone plays? It's a shooting game. You run around, they have all the costumes, but the dances, they do the dance. Oh, Fortnite. Fortnite. Yes, Fortnite, right? So for about a year and a half at every practice, every game, all the time, I've just got 12 kids out there doing fucking Fortnite dances <laughs> on the field while we're supposed to be playing baseball. While I'm talking, I'm trying to give instruction. So I hate Fortnite with a passion, and I've never even fucking tried to play it one time. So, <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah, with, with Fortnite? Yeah, that's that's my that's my old man claim too. I, but these kids today, it's Fortnite. That's that's me. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like the the floss dancing, the yeah, it's Fortnite for me. That's one game I don't touch. But I do play. I do play. If I'm not playing the yearly uh, the yearly WWE game, I'm playing uh, one of the horror first person shooters that comes out. Uh, Cole didn't mention that uh, this year was kind to him. He got a PS5, and he was on the hunt forever. Wow. I was, but my good buddy Ronald here uh, showed up unannounced one day. Hey, buddy, here's your new PS5. So, <laughs> yes, unbeknownst to Cole, like, he gave me a mission months earlier. He was like, "If you find one, <laughs> yeah, yeah," thinking like he'd let me know and that I could go pick it up. No, this fucker just bought me one, and like, here you go. I mean, because I, I yeah, <laughs> because I knew the hell I had to go through to get my own. Uh, I was never, there'd be no way I can just message you and give you the Iggy. I would just, I, I found it. I got to get it right here and there. <laughs> it was, wow. It, this was, this was, this was 2022, uh, like the beginning of 2022 before it was readily available. I got it during the pandemic, which is uh, an incredible feat. That's, that's a brotherhood right there, man. Hey. Yeah. I got a, a similar story back in uh, 2006. I did the same thing with a buddy of mine with a Nintendo Wii when they were all sold out. I got one and sent it out to him, and he was very grateful for that. And he was like, "How much do I owe you?" And I said, "Hey, don't worry about it." You know? Oh, I mean, well, you're a better friend than me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I, I am reimbursing Ron for it. I'm not. It wasn't a free one, but you know. <laughs> uh, well, you know, he got me back several years later with an Xbox One. So nice. There nice. you go. Yeah. It's all good, man. It's all good. Cole, I have a question for you. I've been wanting to ask this for a very long time, and I always forget. And I'm glad I wrote it down because here we go. Where do you shop for your wardrobe? <laughs> like I've seen uh, some wild badass outfits on your photos. That, yes, that is a popular question that I field all the time. 
so it's it's uh, the the history of my wardrobe a short history um so i've always worn liked green and orange in general so i i had i mean for years i'm sure ron can attest to this i pretty much wore green from like the age of 20 to 25 uh you could bet that if i was wearing any kind of outfit it was green and then uh there was a golf tournament at work we all decided we were all going to get knee high soccer socks and uh we wore them for the day and i realized that they didn't tear up my feet they were very comfortable and so i stuck with the soccer socks next year same golf tournament we decided we were going to wear knickerbockers and we were going to get uh the argyle socks and i wore the argyle socks and i have not worn a different type of sock since then because they don't like my feet don't get rough um like they're comfortable, like they're the most comfortable things I've ever worn in my life. So I've been nonstop Argyle socks since Um, almost ended my friendship with Ronald over Argyle socks, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> because his wife was maybe a smidge of a bridezilla when they got married. But, you know, uh, I, I and, and I uh, leaned into the fucking with them over the socks <laughs> until the point where I realized that I, Rod was actually pissed off. <laughs> oh. And then I corrected course. <laughs> but uh, oh, so the, yes, the Argyle socks and knickerbockers are actually very comfortable as well. Um, and then you don't get the sunburn, but you still get the breeze of shorts for the most part. And after I committed to the Argyle socks for life, uh, it, it pretty much, I just decided I like, wearing bright colors i like wearing these things so i searched um and if you're a golfer you know about john daly and uh loudmouth so where i get my knickerbockers they do custom knickerbockers they do custom uh chef coats they do custom vests and suit jackets uh with their crazy materials and they fit the bill of loudmouth so that's where i get my bottoms from and then i found this uh golf shirt uh website called hereski h-r-e-s-k-i and they are the most comfortable shirts i've ever worn ever in my life so realistically it's a mix of these are the most comfortable things i've ever worn and i like to be comfortable also they look amazing and uh dressing brightly and weirdly uh to most people just kind of disarms them to a certain degree so I can go to Disneyland and no one's going to mess with me. And in fact, people will actually come up to me just to be like, hey, I love this. Where do you why? Why do you do this? Like, this is amazing. It Like, just like the other day I went to the dentist and this this lady walked in for the first time. She's like, you just made my day better with your outfit. So um, <laughs> it disarms people. I get to have a lot of conversations with strangers that I would never have uh, in any other situation other than just I stand out and I'm a little bit different than most people. And uh, so people know I'm not causing trouble. They assume that I'm not an asshole because I'm dressed in such a way that, um, you know, just disarms people. And so it, it's fun. It's one of my wife's favorite things to watch people realize that I exist uh, when we're out in public. So, um, yeah, the Hereski uh, golfnickers.com is where I get the socks and, uh, uh, harass, yeah, uh, loudmouth. So when you go to Disneyland, do people mistake you for a cast member? <laughs> well, the, thankfully no, but, uh, but I do, like I said, a lot, a lot of people will just go out of their way to just, you know, compliment my outfit or start a conversation. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, honestly, just 
and and I don't I I honest to God don't do it for attention. It's just what I like. And at some point I realized, oh, you know, my aunt told me it was the thing that got me to start singing barbershop in the first place. But uh, it's a quote that I've just kind of stuck with. At some point, you realize you just don't give a shit what other people think and you do what you want to do. And so I decided to do that at 30 instead of waiting till I was 80 to start doing what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, they mistake them for world of color, though. <laughs> yes, oh, yes the entire world of color. <laughs> yes. And it's and it's visually more impressive. Wow. Um, yeah, I got no words for that, Ron. That was that was great. <laughs> Ron, I see your daily Instagram posts, you know, while you're doing your, your walks and your runs and whatnot, uh, very inspirational and also amusing with the captions that you come up with on those. Um, do you have any inspiring words for anybody out there listening? Uh, you know, if, if you're a lot of people, you know, do your best to be less people. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's my daily quote to myself whenever I look in the mirror and I've made a mistake uh, the night before. Uh, listen, like, uh, I the fat kid upstairs and you met me at my worst weight uh he's never gone away and that's what I usually tell people that ask me questions about the weight loss you know I I did have the uh bariatric surgery in 2012 but you know like most people I squandered it and went back to the bad habits cuz the fat kid lives upstairs he's not, he's not necessarily your entire being it's all mental so uh <laughs> Uh, just what I've learned because I eat like crap still. I, I do my best. I try to watch it, but realistically, the only thing that I practice is consistency. Now, uh, my goal in 2023 is to do my workouts correctly. I've mastered the art of doing it every day. Uh, it's part of my therapy, but now I kind of want to like work with trainers that actually know what they're doing. And, you know, I, th that's what I lack is the education to get more fit uh, but I've actually mastered, and this is something that is a big achievement for me, uh, is just being consistent. Because I just fall, I would, you know, try something and fall off almost immediately. But here I am like three years, and I haven't missed a single weekend at the mountain, uh, that hike, as well as, you know, doing my workouts at home. Because uh, realistically, the pandemic frightened me. Like, because the first statistics of COVID that came out, it was saying fat people and old people were were going down first. And good, bad, or wrong, or whatever, I, I took that at gospel and just built a home gym and just never left it. And I continue to not leave it. And just anybody who's looking for advice from someone who's dealing with being fat forever, uh, just do something every day. Something. You know, it doesn't have to be a great success. It doesn't have to burn you out. Just do something every day because every day afterwards is going to get better. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, you know, you're, you're right. Uh, when you said that you, you met, you master doing it every day and now you're working on, you know, doing the techniques right and whatnot. I think that's like the hardest first step is one to get started. Second, to create a routine out of it. Well, once you get the, a routine out of it, it, it should be a little bit easier after that. Correct. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, even just my, my mindset, you know, doing it, like if I'm doing an exercise and I'm doing it and I'm burning myself out and I feel accomplished, but I got some meathead telling me, well, your form's like shit. I'm like, I, Hey, I'm here. Okay. I'm doing this. Right, right. Yeah. So, but, but also, you know, 
I have to listen to that because I definitely don't want to go in there and do all the work for nothing. You know, yeah, I'm there, I'm sweating, but am I doing it right? Am I going to hurt myself? That I need to learn. And I'm open to that now. Uh, Cause yes, I, the, the biggest hurdle for me was to be consistent. You know, I, I'm the type of person to this day that will go to the mountain and I'll park in the parking lot for like an hour and talk myself into saying, oh, you don't have to do this. You did such a good job this week. No, that's the fat kid talking. <laughs> Tell that guy to shut up and get up this mountain. You drove here. Go do it. So, yeah, yeah, because it, and, and people don't like it's so much easier to be lazy than to, to try. Right. Like, it's just so much easier to not do than to do anything, mm-hmm. whether it be just go down the stairs to get some, get another drink of water. Like, it's so much easier to just lay in bed than to go, get up and just refill your glass of water. And so to actually get in your car, drive 20, 30 minutes to go somewhere, then to do an hour of hiking, you know, whatever, and then go home 30 minutes, like, it's it's a commitment. And, like, I think, you know, as much as Ron tries to downplay how brilliant uh, he's doing at life right now, like, if, you know, for someone that's known Ron for 20 years knows that, and I don't think Ron would argue with me here, like, 15 years ago, Ron was probably the single laziest person I'd ever met in my entire life. And I don't think he'll argue with me on that. But at this point where we're at with Ronald, and it's like, it inspires me every day, is like, He's the most consistent and most hardworking driven person I know maybe outside of my sister. And like, it's just every day, you you know, it's, it's become his routine, but it's every day to me, it is meaningful that I see that post that Ron is out doing his exercise and whatnot, because like realistically people that were close to Ron 15 years ago, like knew he was going to be dead by now. Like, and we just accepted it because like, it was like, he just wasn't going to do anything about it. And thank God for Jessa, because that gave him the kick in the butt that he needed. And like, Ron is like a beacon in my life of the way that everyone should be living their life now. And like, it's, it's not even the same person, but inside his heart, uh, he's still the best person I've ever known. And I'm so glad I didn't have to bury my friend at this point in life. And it, it just... He amazes me every day, and uh, I'm just glad I get to tell him from time to time. So, oh well, that's as nice as that is. You know, you saved all the burials for when the wrestling business. (laughs) (laughs) But no, that and that's just me. Like you know, Cole Cole is very good at being you know emotional. He wears it on his sleeve, and I try to break the tension. But you know, the feeling is (laughs) the feeling is definitely mutual, and it's how I deal with emotional situations and. And boy, you know, I I haven't had a friendship as long as Cole's or his entire family. I don't think I've had a friendship that sparked a relationship with a family other than my wife. Uh, So, yeah, um, glad we're still doing this. I'm glad this took this turn. Uh, I don't even know. (laughs) I don't even know what the original question was, but I'm glad that it sparked. (laughs) I'm glad that it sparked such a lovey-dovey moment between me and Cole. Wait, I'd like you to leave. I'll just I'll just turn around. Can we have the room? <laughs> no, that's See, it's a beautiful thing though, you know, and Cole, you hit the nail on the head, man. Um, you know, Ron when I first met Ron back in what was it, Ron, 2005? Yeah. Yeah, I you know, My I goodness. I thought the same, you know, and I'm not, I'm not a small guy. I'm a big guy myself. I've had friends tell me the same thing that, you know, I probably wasn't going to last that long, but 
you know, I, I, I was very concerned for Ron and I'm so fucking glad that he is still here today. And like you, Cole, I, I look forward to his posts every day. I wake up and I have a hard time getting up, getting into my chair and everything. But as soon as I see Ron's post, I say, this motherfucker is out and about already. And he's fucking, he's living his best life right now. I need to get the fuck up now and do my best life. And Ron, I thank you for that. Oh, well, that's, that's awfully kind of you. Uh, I'm just, I'm just a fucking tortured soul upstairs trying to, (laughs) trying to make myself feel better about how I look. And, and, uh, that's really what you tear it where I'm trying to say this correctly. That's really the essence of why I do it in, in my mind. I'm glad that it's more positive sounding to others, but it's my therapy. You know, it's, I don't feel like I'm doing well unless I get it done. And I, and I am, I'm well aware of, I'm well aware of how I can spiral. And I yes. think that's, I think that's really the key to, to everything is being aware of your triggers and what, you know, can make you spiral and just avoid it at all costs. Like, uh, before he got big uh, physically and, you know, job status wise, Alexander Hammerstone had one of the greatest quotes ever. And I'm sure he's heard it from somewhere else, but given the fact of how he looks as a person, I took it a little more at gospel, but he said, I know exactly where my comfort zone is. That's where I stay as far away from it as possible. And uh, my comfort zone is pure death to me. And, uh, the way I look at life is that I'm I'm six years deep into a decade that everybody, including multiple doctors, says I wasn't going to experience. And, you know, this may sound cliche, but every day is a gift. And that's why I probably have no problem being as busy as I am with a smile on my face. That's a beautiful smile on your face, too, by the way, buddy. Thank you. I hope you can see it. My video's on. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I mean that in a, in a non-prison movie type of way, too. Oh, well, I, I mean, I do. Yeah. Uh. Um, Cole, a, a little while back, you had mentioned, um, barbershop singing. Uh, can you elaborate on that? How long you've been doing that? What's like, what, what makes you go with that? Okay. So, uh, barbershop has kind of always been around my life. My uncle and his son, my cousin are barbershop singers and they have been for basically my entire life. I think my, my cousin, Chris started singing barbershop over 30 years ago now and he's still in his early 40s. Um, but uh, so they would send out the CDs because uh, they were in a they were in the course that I sing with now, uh, the Masters of Harmony. We are nine time world champions. Yes, the entire world. Uh, uh, we are the best. We have been the best course in the world nine times. Uh, there's nine gold medals for our course. I have one of them. Uh, my cousin has two. My uncle has another. And uh, then my cousin went on to be a barbershop quartet world champion as well. He has uh, been the the international uh, lead champion twice, uh, the, currently the 2022 world champion. And uh, so when my cousin Chris sent his CDs out, that was the Christmas present. They, they gave us everyone the gift of music. And uh, I would just lay in bed at night and listen to the shit over and over and over again because it's so incredible um my i i'm not being uh a homer or whatever when i say my cousin chris is absolutely the number one best barbershop singer on the planet um you know his two international gold medals helped back that up um and uh 
so I would just listen over and over again. And finally, um, when my uncle got remarried uh, 11 years ago, I think we're going on now, maybe 12 years ago now, uh, we met his new wife for the first time at Thanksgiving. And then they got married the day after Thanksgiving, which was great because that means we got to have a big family Thanksgiving, which we don't do very often with my mom's side of the family. And uh, so when barber shoppers get together, what happens is as soon as whatever, you know, whatever you have to do is over, like the wedding part, the barber shoppers just take over whatever building they're in and they sing until the sun comes up. <laughs> and so at their wedding, the day before their wedding, they, they were telling my aunt, oh, yeah, he loves barbershop. He went to international when it was here in Anaheim and he goes to the shows and he has all the CDs. And she goes, why aren't you singing? And I just said, ah, you know, I don't know if I can sing. I, you know, I've never sung before. You know, I was nervous. It, it, it's, you know, I don't think I do. And she just she gave me that quote. She said, well, you know, at some point you realize you don't give a shit what anyone else thinks. And you just do what you want to do. And then the very next night at the wedding, uh, I got roped into singing with three barbershop world champions. It's my first time ever singing anything really in front of humans. And uh, I sang with them. And one of the guys just looks at me and goes, why the fuck are you not doing this? Which gave me the idea that I didn't suck. And uh, so shortly after that, I joined the local uh, barbershop course in Riverside, California, and I have not stopped since. And uh, I just last year went to North Carolina for the International Barbershop uh, course and Quartet Finals, and we finished sixth place this year, which wasn't our hope, but, uh, you know, it's it's just, it's so much fun. I've made, like, the, the coolest thing about singing barbershop for anyone that might be interested please reach out to me i will find a chorus for you to go visit one everyone are the nicest humans you ever meet in your life they're all just wonderful human beings and they're just there to help people and uh, just have a good time and just make the world a better place with harmony but the very best thing that's ever happened is um when you go to the international contest you can walk up to three guys you or or girls at this point that you've never met before in your life and you can sing together because there's a lot of so there's certain songs that everyone kind of knows um there's a book they call the polecat book that everyone gets when they join the society and uh so you can just spend the night with some you know with in a corner of a room somewhere with three guys you, or girls you've never met before and you all just sing for hours and hours and, you know, it's we, the first time that you're in the international contest, um, the they have quartets and groups from all the other countries that sing the national anthem. But the American and Canadian national anthems are sung by the, you know, 8000 people that are in, ten, in attendance. So when the entire audience stands up in a basketball arena and 8000 people sing the national anthem in four part harmony. It is uh, an awe-inspiring event, and it's something that's just I wish everyone could be a part of. And uh, it's it's really just a life-changing hobby. And everyone that I've met are just absolutely incredible people. And I've made friends from all over the globe now. And it's it's just the outside of wrestling, it's probably the best thing I've ever done in my life. So that's awesome, man. That that is very awesome. 
Um, would you would you be kind enough to give us a a sample singing? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you know when it's wrestling involved, the only song that ever comes to mind is American Males, American Males, American Males, American Males, American Males, American Males, American Males. There you go. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you were going to sing the Mounties theme song, but that's even I'm better. I'm the Mountie. Yeah, it's well, good stuff. The, well, I mean, the only song that you can really sing, Cole, and give him the barbershop experience is William Regal's theme song. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's a man, such a man. And then that note that nobody can hit. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Real real bad ridiculous so. <laughs> oh man that is awesome um ron you have a history with singing as well correct yeah. <laughs> again ron is super modest <laughs> i have i have a history with holding a microphone yes oh come on i i remember back in the myspace days man you were a oh, front man. yeah yeah you used to uh, rock that shit bro yeah, it was good times. I, I I was in I was in a band with uh with fellow friends, metal band, uh, Unwritten Legacy. That that was uh, our title. Uh, I don't even know what that means. You know, it's, it's just you know, a legacy unwritten. You know, I I don't know. But it sounded cool. It sounded metal. It looked great in a cursive font. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we did more than I ever thought we would do. I we opened for Drowning Pool, which was an achievement then. Wow. Yeah. Like like wrestling, you know, it was something that I kind of like started and went well beyond what i thought i could achieve even at the small scale that it was so i think that's why <laughs> i kind of left both things with a happy face um but yeah i i dipped my toe in the water in the music scene got to do uh, quite quite a few fun things with friends and then now i just kind of settled with the karaoke scene that's my jam right now <laughs> well and and ronald uh again being modest ronald crushed the entire world with at his wedding when he surprised his wife with their wedding song, uh, the, the music starts to play and then you get the record skip sound. And then Ronald with the voiceover uh, saying that, uh, you know, he decided to do something here and try to make it a little special. And uh, he recorded himself singing the, the lyrics and words to uh, their wedding song. And basically there was not a dry seat in the house. Uh, when he did that, and every guy there instantly fucking hated Ronald because they're never, ever going to be able to top that shit. And uh, he basically won weddings for the rest of life. So, Cole, you got you got to you got to stop putting me over. People are going to think I'm nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, notice how he said not a dry seat in the house. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yes. every lady in the building creamed themselves for sure. You can yeah. hear all the eggs dropping in the audience. <laughs> A lot of people probably got random laid that night, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I can. I'm glad I can help. See, you are an inspiration, man. Oh. You know, you you motivate. That's what you do. What was the wedding song? Uh, Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. I am not familiar with that. Nobody is. <laughs> if no, you heard was, the song, you'd know it. Yeah, yeah, you know it. It was quite big amongst the the ladies. Okay. I'll take a word for it. Yeah. You guys, you guys have gotten a lot of tail in your lives. I, I <laughs> well, assume, well. So. 
uh, done better than either of us deserves. I think. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, when, when you're when you're uh, when you look like the mom from What's Eating Gilbert Grape, you have to rely on your salesmanship. Um, oh man! And I can. <laughs> wow! It and... took me a second. The holy shit! Oh, it, it took me more than a second. It took me about like maybe two hours of convincing before I really got oh. them in there. But you know. Oh my uh, god. Well, I mean, you're not going to just go and just fuck that person on a whim. You, you know, you got to you got to you got to be sold. You got to you got to watch the commercial at least. Yes. Oh. All right, there you go. You got to preheat the oven before you stick the turkey in. Absolutely. Wow. All right. Well, you know, I guess we, I, I guess we we got we're a fork in a row. We can go either one way or another. I can jump onto what what Cole had said about, you know, your the count. Does it rival Justin Borden's count? No, never mind. That's a different <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, but um, well, you got you got to understand. Both of us have been married for a number of years, where Justin Borden is still living the single wonderful life. So, yeah, his body count is got to rival how many degrees he has by this point as well. Too, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Justin, if you're listening, I love you, man. That that dude is a class act, though. He's a funny guy. Absolutely, yeah. that's another guy. Uh, I you know, and he's such a humble guy. Um, he always gives me credit for giving him his start because his first matches refereed were actually in my backyard in my wrestling ring. So um, he absolutely doesn't need to give me any credit ever, but he goes out of his way to do so. He's a peach of a guy. I love Justin. Yeah. Justin definitely is a great guy. It, I would like to have him on the podcast sometime because that dude has refed so many memorable matches and not a lot of people know it. Oh, he's you know, a delight. You should definitely have him on. Yeah, his, yeah, yeah. His we, he's been he's done our podcast a few times. He's great. Yeah, I man, I have not. I, I actually have not spoken to Justin in quite a few years. I'm, I'm going to have to hit him up, and get him on the on the show. Hit him up, Cole. I can do that <laughs> on right. on the air. <laughs> on the, oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> but don't tell him I'm actually talking to Wade, so we can get his honest opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, just just tell him, hey, we found someone here that said Jushin Thunder Liger sucks. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Man, damn, he'll probably think it's Mondo Vega or something. You want to talk about hits to your podcast, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll take your word for it on that one. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Well, before we head out, fellas, uh, is there any uh, last words of wisdom, uh, any shout outs, any plugs, uh, anything you guys like to get off your mind? Well, I mean, I alluded, I, I mentioned it earlier, but, you know, next Wednesday is going to be Take It Up With Creative. Uh, well, I can't say next week because uh, when does this air? Uh, well, if it's uh, January can... 8th or 9th or 10th by that time. Oh, okay. Well, you should go back in the archives and listen to Take It Up <laughs> With Creative. The Goon was our first show of the year. You'll love it. Oh, man. Uh, Cole, do you remember the, the story you pitched? Oh yeah, brilliant storytelling. Uh, laughs were had by all. Uh, yes. Definitely lots of penalty box and hockey hockey puns. Uh, you'll enjoy it, everybody. I can't wait. Yes, the goon is going to wrestle at WrestleMania on my story uh, or the creative team story, whatever we come up with. Sometimes we have two separate stories. Sometimes we have one concise story amongst each other that we kind of chisel away at ourselves. But uh, I'm still speaking like it hasn't happened yet. Go back in the archives and listen, everyone, the creative team. <laughs> uh, Cole? 
Yeah, me. Sorry. I, <laughs> yeah, Ron. Ron always gives me shit, but uh, the problem with having your name on the door of a company is works is twenty four seven. So, anyway, uh, uh, not a lot for me. I just you know I we appreciate opportunities like this. I mean, it's nice for me to not uh, have to come into a podcast with pages of notes. Uh, it's nice to not have to do any research for a podcast and and just get to kind of be myself and answer questions from other people that's always good um and and wade you've been such you've been so gracious with your time for us on the podcast and in it's been some of our our favorite episodes um you you uh very much so are one of the hosts that likes to take advantage of that darso rule that we have <laughs> when we do our our fantasy brackets um and so I, yeah, but if you guys are, you know, for Wade's listeners, if you'd like to just hear Wade, you got, we've got a couple few episodes that you can check out with Wade. A couple weeks ago, we just did the, uh, the best wrestler of 2022 bracket where we take, you know, we start with 32 entities and we debate who should move on to the next round. Like any other bracket you've ever seen in your life, the King of the Ring or the NCAA basketball tournament, et cetera. Um, and we end up picking a winner after the night's all said and done. But And we do have that caveat I mentioned, the Darso, where if you are outvoted by the other two, you can uh, screw up the entire bracket for the entire for everyone. And uh, our brackets uh, tend to take left turns at some points and lots of hilarity ensues. Uh, we've talked a lot about Doink the Clown, but Doink the Clown on the creative team won the greatest wrestler of the uh, new generation era, beating out Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, and Bret Hart. So if you guys want to hear how that, that kind of stuff happens on the creative team pod, please check us out. And as always, watch my sister Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano on Monday Night Raws and uh, buy some of their merchandise. I'm sure my nephew Quill will appreciate it. Absolutely. As you know, as a matter of fact, I have a piece of merchandise on my wall that I got a signed eight by ten of Candace back in two thousand eight. That's how long I've been a f- longer than that, by the way. Uh, phenomenal work, though. You know, uh, when you get a chance, let your sister know and let uh, Johnny know that um, that everybody here at Ring Soups are pulling for them. Watch them every single week. A highlight of Monday Night Raw, highlight of their time on NXT as well. It's phenomenal work they both do. I will do that for sure. All right. Uh, Cole and Ron, thank you guys so much for being on the show this week. Really appreciate it. Um, Learned a lot about you guys. And I'm sure everybody out there listening, if they went into this blind, they came out knowing now how wonderful of human beings both of you guys are. You guys are phenomenal. I I consider you guys really good, close friends friends of mine and i i value our friendship greatly and i would love to have you guys on the show again sometime down the road to talk more about wrestling and life in general absolutely yeah ditto for me i i enjoy talking with you wade and uh you're a great guy and uh you, like i said you've been very gracious with your time with us uh and i you know sometimes we're busy guys so we end up rescheduling and you've always rolled with the punches and helped us out so much appreciated. We will uh, return the favor anytime, pal. I appreciate that. 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, before we head out, don't forget to check out Ring Scoops on all the social media platforms out there at Ring Scoops on all the major ones Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all that good stuff. Twitch.tv slash Ring Scoops as well. Shop.ringscoops.com for all your apparel needs, including the hot dog and a handshake equals a payday t shirt. That's up for sale right now. Pick that up as well. And also ringscoops.com for the link to the VR chat. You can go into VR chat on your Oculus Quest headset and you can go into the Ring Scoops arena. You could talk trash with all your friends. You could body slam each other, clothesline each other, go backstage, even check out the do and do not list and a whole lot more. And we've also got the link there on ringscoops.com to the Ring Scoops card game, the ultimate party game where you can be the master of the mic amongst your friends or stable, whatever you want to call it. It's all good. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of Cole and Ron, the creative team, I am the webmaster Wade Needham saying thank you, good night, and be cool.